This is Hannah. This is Rachel. And this is What What I'd Like to Tell People. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Hannah. How was your week? Amazing. How was yours? It was amazing as well. I was so excited to see all the likes and listeners of our podcast this past week. And the comments from all our friends, my friends from New York. Hi, thank you so much for listening. I have to do a shout out to my almost best friend Morgan who listened and hopefully is listening to the second episode. Glad she's an almost best friend. That's good. She'll probably be a best friend soon. Yeah. Yeah. After 10 years of being an ABF, maybe. Maybe. But it's amazing. Thanks for the feedback. Yes, we definitely appreciate it. We're very excited that this is our second episode with our very first guest and interview with Joanne. Yes, we've been friends with her for a long time, and she's a speech pathologist, so I can't wait for you guys to hear her adventure with that. Yeah, so we hope you enjoy this next segment. Thank Thank you. you. We're sitting here today with our good friend, Joanne. Hi, Joanne. Hello, ladies. How are you? Good. Oh, I'm okay. You're okay? (laughs) Did you have a good week, Joanne? I did have a nice week. It was a a busy week, but uh, I made it through. So, you know, that's, that's that's a win in my book. Yeah, so we have Joanne here today because she is, do you consider yourself a speech pathologist? Is that the proper term? That is, it's a good term to use, speech pathologist, yes. Very fancy sounding. It it is fancy, but no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) But that you enjoy doing and making a change, you know, helping kids. Yeah, I do. I've been a speech pathologist for going on 15 years now, and I've worked in a number of variety of settings. Uh, I've worked uh, with preschoolers in their homes and daycares. I've worked with students in elementary, middle, high schools. I've also worked in hospitals and uh, rehabs. Wow, I didn't even know all of the others. I know. Well, I did because I'm her friend. But Ooh, I, you know. <laughs> I guess we're not friends anymore, though. I introduced you two. I know. So. Well, that's how it happened. Ladies, ladies, there's no need to fight over me. <laughs> I will always tell you for you and over. Oh, you. thank you, sweetheart. You're so welcome. So do you want us to tell you, or tell us why you got into speech pathology? Um, quite honestly, I got into it not for the traditional reason, but I had graduated from uh, college with a degree in public relations and found that the only job I could get was selling knives door to door back in the 90s. And you don't need a degree to do that. Um, So I ended up working for a non-for-profit theater agency and uh, worked in the box office, making phone calls on a rotary phone uh, and no internet connection and basically um, really did not like it. There are other things uh, that we had to do in terms of, I call it voluntary, mandatory volunteerism. Uh, I had to call bingo every Wednesday night at the night of Columbus, Knights of Columbus. And I would go home reeking of donuts and fried food and grease and and cigarettes. Sounds delicious. Yeah. Went home crying every night and basically uh, I put in my two-week notice and left. And when I was doing that, my mom said to me, Joe, have you ever thought about being a speech pathologist? And I said, no, what's a speech pathologist? And so she informed me, you know, she gave me some information. I looked it up and I found that I've always been interested in how people talk. 
And once I found out that there is an actual job where you can critique and, and help people learn how to say things appropriately in terms of sounds or working with their language, um, I just absolutely fell in love with it. And so I went back to school, got my second bachelor's and ended up getting my master's in it because that's what you need in order to be a speech pathologist. Oh, I didn't even know you had to do your master's on top of that. Too. Yes, you have to have your master's and then you also have to go for your clinical fellowship year. And do you train under people too? Then? Yes. Yeah. When you're doing your CFY, your clinical fellowship year, you are working with, uh, in conjunction with another speech pathologist who's fully licensed. Um, also, when you're doing your student teaching and in your undergrad and in your graduate um, trainings, mm-hmm. you're also working with a trained speech pathologist. That's really interesting. And it's awesome that you found what you wanted to do after basically, you know, talking to your mom and figuring it out. So, yeah. She was very helpful with that. And so, um, you know, I've been fortunate that I've gotten to work in a number of different settings. Um, Like what I had talked about before, I've worked in New York, I've worked in Florida, and I've also worked here in Virginia. Wow. And what was your favorite location? I mean, I bet you loved all of them, but what was your favorite schools or, you know, places? Well, each place always has special moments. Right. Um, I mean, I loved Florida because it was so warm. I could, in December, wear flip-flops, and that was just something unfathomable to someone who grew up in Syracuse, New York, when it snows before Halloween. Right, so it's like a little gift for you, basically. Yes. (laughs) Where out in Florida? Uh, I was in um, Lakeland. I don't where is that. Where is Lakeland? Lakeland is probably about 40 minutes west of Orlando and 40 minutes northeast of Tampa. Oh, I got to do a shout out to my friend, Sammy, who hopefully is listening. She lives uh, in Clearwater. Okay. Very cool. Yes. Well, that's awesome, though. And you have any stories, though, that can you share with any of your students? Or Sure. I can. Yeah, I have stories about previous students, different people that I've worked with. Um, One of my favorites is um, I had two four-year-old twin boys. This is back in New York. And they were preschoolers, and sometimes they could be really chatty, and sometimes they were just, you know, very, very quiet. And they were working on articulation, their sounds. But um, this one day, because I would see them together for an hour, because typically a session would be 30 minutes per student. And um, as we were, you know, trying to interact, as I was trying to interact with them, they just kind of clammed up and they didn't want to talk. And so I said to them, you know, what, what can, what can we do to get you to talk, you know, to talk with me? And so they just kind of, you know, indicated that they wanted to play. So I grabbed my echo mic, which was like this dollar store purchase that I made. Love those as a child. They were my favorite. They are so much fun. Practice doing future podcasts with those. Oh, there you go. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I was like, do you want to, do you want to sing a song? And the one brother would like nod his head. Yes. And so I'd give him the microphone and he put it straight up to his mouth. And I was like, okay, this is going to be great. But then he just sat there and he didn't do anything. And I was like, can you think of a song to sing? And he like shook his head. No, with the microphone on. And I was like, well, you know, would you want to sing Mary had a little lamb, ABCs, twinkle, twinkle, little star. And he just shook his head. No. And I was like, do you want me to ask your brother? And he shook his head. Yes. So I'm like, okay. So I took the microphone back and I gave it to his brother who, again, he put it right straight up against his face. 
And I said, can you think of a song that you want to sing? And he just shook his head no with a microphone. And I'm like, okay, guys, you're not helping me out here. And so then the, the first brother kind of gets a spark of recognition in his eyes. Like, I know what song I want to sing. So I'm like, do you know what you want to sing now? And he, he shook his head yes. So I'm like, okay. So I give the microphone back to the first brother and he puts it straight up against his face again. And then he proceeds to go, I big butts and I cannot lie. You love my hand. And I was like, whoa, 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 okay. No wonder they we didn't want to. to. We need to. Let's, let's, okay, let's stop. Let's not do that. <laughs> then I, yeah, for quite a while I, I wondered what the what songs they heard at home. Because that was very interesting. Um, Sounds like a great moment, though, just to oh, be yeah. there, too. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I've I've always enjoyed, you know, working with the, the younger kids, um, you know, teaching them, you know, what it is that they need to, to learn and um, just helping to uh, make a difference in the future for them. Are there different names for the different speech problems? Because I know, like, you, Rachel, had a speech um, impediment. Would that be the right word? My brother had a different thing growing up. So I know that there's, like, different levels of that. When it, when it comes to sound production, um, based on what the, um, what the sound is supposed to be versus what it, how it's being produced – uh, there, there are names for certain things, like for someone who is trying to say a K or a G sound, which is made in the back of the mouth, if they're producing that sound with a T or a D, they're fronting. So they're bringing the sound that's supposed to be made in the back and they're fronting. Oh, and likewise, for someone who's trying to say like tip or dog, they might um, produce that sound with a K or a G. So then they're, they're backing the sound. Of course, there, there's a lisp, um, there's gliding when someone might produce a W for an R, just a, 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 a whole different number of, you know, things that could be uh, identified. So, but typically, at least where I am now, I find that I have more articulation kids who are working on their sounds. And that's, I really enjoy that with, um, with helping them to develop uh, and maintain the correct use of their sounds. Does like YouTube and things like that help? I wonder, like, because kids are watching that more. I wonder if that helps or no. Maybe um, I'm just. I, I think it's it's it, a lot of it is self awareness for the for the child or the person actually. Um, they may know that there's something different about how they're saying their words, but there's also um, a big part of it is maturity because they know maybe they know that something's wrong or different, but then um, they have to know that you know, they want to change or they want to fix it. Is it like, I know that with stuttering, a lot of times the older kid will get that, right? If it, like a big change happens in your life. Or so not. stuttering, there's, there's a lot of things with stuttering. The, the biggest thing is that um, in science, we don't know what causes stuttering. Oh. There's, we don't know what causes it. And we, there's no quote unquote cure for stuttering. Basically uh, what we do is we give them techniques that they can use beforehand, during, to help in the moment when it's needed. But there's no, again, quote unquote, cure. So it's something that they have to monitor and realize when a moment is coming up so that they can um, use uh, various techniques to help them out. Oh, wow. I did not know that there was so much to 
to do with the stuttering part of it too. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And uh, also with your, uh, the kiddos that you, you know, work with Mm -hmm. you. I'm also, I know you too. Yes. Can help, but you have like, you give them like what workbooks at all to do at home or anything like that to help or have the parents at least. Yes, definitely. Um, with, in terms of giving them things to do at home, it's not always just giving them work to do. Right. Um, especially in the school uh, system, um, a lot of times they'll have vocabulary words, uh, sight words, and finding ones that have their sound in it, that's something that they can practice at home with the parents. And not only are they working on their sounds, um, but they're also, you know, they're, they're working on their academics. So it's kind of like a win-win. Oh, so it all comes in for a full circle, basically. Well, yeah, I mean, because working in the school system, uh, you want to help them to achieve their their academics as much as possible. So how is someone diagnosed? Like, I know, Rachel's story, you were diagnosed before you even went to school. But then there's some parents that it's really hard for them to understand that their child's different or or, because they're around them and it's hard to hear or they don't want to like believe they are different too because that's what happened with not that this is part of it with my learning disability some other kiddos never got diagnosed with that Mm -hmm. and so a lot of the times then they don't get what they need the tools they need for the future so that's true so how do you determine you know so it's not up to it's not up to just me, right? Um, in the school setting, you don't walk more. around and cherry pick the kids. No, like you, it'd be you, like you. I just point at them and be like, okay, and you, you're gonna come with me. No. <laughs> um, in the school system, there's there's a number of different teams that come together to um, find out ways to help best uh, help the child. So in the district that I'm in. We will meet together if someone has had uh, a concern for that a particular student. We'll meet and discuss what everyone is seeing, look if there's an academic impact, and um, then decide as a team, including the parents, whether or not uh, we want to proceed in term how we want to proceed. Uh, there's a number of different routes that it can go from there, but for a student who is eventually found eligible, that's done by a different committee again, um, containing the parents and the teacher in the school. And um, from that point on, uh, an individual education plan is uh, designed particularly for that student to best help them make progress with those goals that they need. That's a, wow. So similar to your, is it, I might get the wrong IEPs? Mm -hmm. IEP. So is that what you, you have to determine with or... So an IEP, again, uh, Individual Education Plan, that's designed uh, in particular for that student, and it addresses the goals that are going to be addressed for that uh, for the next year and in order to help them make progress. Right, and then they also, with my speech impediment and all that, mm-hmm. they had that as one of the goals, too, within my IEP, and then they figured out with my other... Um, auditory processing too. So it kind of goes together, not together fully, but does go together in the IEP thing to make sure the child or whomever gets what, you know, their goals are and what they need. Right. Yes. This seems like a great time to tell you about my improv show. Does it, Rachel? It really does. It is November 3rd at 6.30 p.m. 
And how much does it cost? Zero dollars. So anyone that's in the area, come to the Little Theater of Alexandria in Virginia. I'll be there. Okay, Joanne, this is our segment of what you would like to tell people. So please tell us what you would like to tell people about speech pathology, your job, or just anything that's going on. I think with, in regards to speech pathology in the school system, if you find as a parent that your child is in need of help in a certain area, that you wouldn't look at the label that a child might receive in the school system and think that it defines your child because it won't. It's only to help them get the services that they would need at that point. And then you're going to love your child no matter what. So it, it doesn't matter what the what a couple letters say. It's not going to change who your child is. And you don't want to compare your child you to other people or anything. Because I know my mom's a teacher. Mm -hmm. And that's what she used to say. It was really hard when she had to tell a parent that something, you know, your kid isn't like, you know, isn't going to be a straight A student. Your kid isn't, but your kid is wonderful in, you know, all these other areas. So mm -hmm. that shouldn't define you and you can become something amazing, like regardless of whatever that is. And they're unique and everyone's learning and everything is unique to them. So you can't put it in a box, basically. Right. Yeah. We're not all meant to be the same. No. Straight A's aren't going to, it's just, you know, it's a card and it's a, it just shows you that's it. You yeah. Know? There's studies, this is kind of off subject, but I was listening to a podcast and this is a podcast. It's like one of those like, um, Russian dolls podcasts within podcasts. But, uh, anyway, they said there, there's this new study where you don't show your kids their grades all through grade school and like they so they're not stressed or you know thinking like oh I got this B or oh you just don't show it to them mm -hmm. and so they actually do better because they're not focused on that grade they're just focused on learning and actually you know absorbing versus yeah. like I'm so nervous I'm going to fail this test <clears throat> right and, and kids these days they have so many tests that they have to take uh, not only for just the grade level but also nationwide that they're they're overstressed and it's just um, it's it's difficult to see a, a third grader who's almost in tears because they're so stressed about the test that they have to take tomorrow. And looking forward, I don't I don't know what's going to happen, but certainly I hope it's always best for the kids. Yeah, I think it's really honorable what you do. Even you know, because I know you've talked about you want you want more pay, but you love your job, and so I think that's well. I think we all need. teachers can identify with that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, all teachers—they are the ones that need to get paid more in the country. And unfortunately, um, even though this has nothing to do with Joanne, uh, a lot of them have to take two to three jobs in order to even make a living, and we should respect them a lot more. One thing I you have to have teachers for other careers, so I feel like they should be one of the most paid because you could have a doctor, you can have a lawyer, you can have all these other careers without teachers. And I wanted to be a teacher, but I didn't go into it because low pay, low respect. My mom talked me out of it because she was a teacher, and I feel like there's a lot of good teachers that don't become teachers because of those reasons. And if we could somehow change that or somehow and get rid of that stigma, like those who can't do teach. Can oh, yeah. we get that rid of that? Can we get rid of saying? Can we get rid of that now? Because 
right here in front of us, Joanne is an amazing and patient person. Even with me, she teaches me things all the time along with (laughs) sits there and looks at me with my crazy stories. It helps me pronounce things. So I'm learning all the time from Joe. So there you have it. And you wanted to ask us questions, I remember. Yes. So now we can go to the next segment. I'm kind of nervous about this because we do not know what the questions are. (laughs) Okay. So there was a TV show that I used to love to watch, and it's still on. It's called Inside the Actor's Studio. And the host, his name is James Lipton. He, at the end of every interview, actors or directors, he always asks the same questions. And it's 10 questions. And I just wanted to ask, because since I had this opportunity, I wanted to be my own little James Lipton here and ask you these questions. So, and it's, it's, these questions are written to help uh, provoke thought about yourself. So the first question is, what is your favorite word? My favorite word? Mm-hmm. Profusely. Profusely. Ooh. I love that word so much. That, I mean, as a speech pathologist, I... Multi-syllabic words are just wonderful. Aren't they great? Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I have a favorite word, but I do recall in grade school, I used to say actually a lot. So okay. I don't know what that's <laughs> All right. So, actually. So, but it's, it's your favorite word, at least for the moment, because it's inspiring a moment, recalling, you're recalling a moment. Yeah. And mine's just profusely. All right. Next question. What is your least favorite word? Oh, no, this is a lot of silence. Sorry, everybody. Republican. <laughs> okay, we just went there. Um, I had no idea. Trump. Trump. <laughs> okay, we are officially there. All right, next question. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? I think friendship. Like, I thrive on people... My, you know, and actually having connections with people. So I think I get a spiritual connection and that is what, you know, whenever I meet people, that is what I have to surround myself with good people, surround myself. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's why I absorb their, like I met my positive energy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Positive energy. I think I'm similar in many ways that way, but especially, you know, including the family part and just having, you know, the support system I need. Okay. What turns you off? Assholes. All right. Oh my gosh. It's probably way too much awkward silence. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Kind of the same that Rachel said. Anytime that people are rude or pushy. Okay. Think that they're better. Think that they, yeah. I think that's what, yeah. If someone thinks that they're better. Or they just judge you in general. Yeah. It's just hurtful. Or even, yeah, they just, yeah, they think that they're more than. What is your favorite curse word? I don't really cuss. You know. I'm not that really, like, I, but I oh, don't. Oh, flippity jibbits, right? I mean, I you know when mine. I drive, I'm, yes. I'm like, a-hole. Like, I don't even say it. I'm like, <laughs> you a, you're being an a-hole. What's the one I say? You say a lot of swear words, so. I really fucking do. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) We might lose listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Or we might gain them. That's That's true. true. Okay. What sound or noise do you love? Oh, I know. This is so random. When I hear my rabbit hop towards me, I could actually hear his little feet move to me. It's really freaking cute. Okay. I know it annoys me most my cat when she cries. I don't know if I can. But what sound do you love? A sound that I love. When she purrs. Yeah, I don't know if I want to like 
and everything around my cat. Thing. I don't know. I love sound that I love. I mean, I love sounds. Like I love music. I love live music. Mm-hmm. Sounds of children playing. That's okay. a that's a fun sound. Oh, the laughter. Yeah, it's just great. like when pure joy, pure joy. Ooh, nice. What sound or noise do you hate? Mm. My cat bossing me around in the morning. <laughs> that is what I hate. <laughs> All right. Oh gosh. Um, I don't even know. Let's be honest. Anything okay. that's like, oh, when people start just honking the horn for the longest time too, oh, that kills me. And it makes, yeah. And I'm like, I can't do this right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just makes you more mad. It makes me just more anxious, actually. Right, rage. I uh, can't have that yet. Uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Well, this pod, like a podcast or talk show. Well, this is like, I will never be a talk show host. Actually, I shouldn't say never. I'll put it out there. But that I would love to be some sort of interviewer. Mine would be, and these are two on different ends of the spectrum. I would have done politics. Or I would do improv for a living along with stand-up. Okay. What profession would you not like to do? Anything with science. I'm horrible at it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave it to my brother. I could never be a janitor. I'm too germaphobic. Oh, yeah. You would be so sad. That would be a horrible profession. She would be, like, crying. (laughs) (laughs) I have sanitizer. Think how much sanitizer I'd go through. You even got it for her. I did. I gave her that. Everybody gives me that. <laughs> it's like the best gift. It is. It just keeps giving. Is it because we know you? Yes. Yes. All right. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I'm a Jew. So. You believe in God. Sort of. Well, I'm I mean, spiritual, like, but yeah. I guess what I'd say would be, what's up, man? How you doing? All right. <laughs> You've made it. Ooh. Oh. All right. Yeah. I I like that. Maybe I'll change my answer <laughs> to be a little more profound. Oh, for what God says to me? Yeah. It's really like, hey, yo, man, you made it. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of everybody's here waiting for you kind of thing. You know, we've so, been waiting. Yeah. We've been waiting. But not in a creepy way. Why do you make it creepy? I yeah, don't know. I know. Why did Hannah make it creepy? <laughs> Who does that? I thought yeah, I was supposed to. Be, I thought I was supposed to be the weird one. <laughs> yeah, no, that those are wonderful questions. We should definitely do those again. With yeah, others. they made me. So, what are your answers? Oh, I've got my own, but we're gonna share it another time. Maybe another time. Yeah, we'll have to bring you back on, and so you can share your questions. I love it. One time, we were going to the beach with Joe Ann this summer. And she read some of the craziest questions. Like we played that card card game, and you read the different questions on your phone about like, you weird or love or all these. <laughs> and and it, it's like, <laughs> would you rather be would left? Rather. Yeah, would, yeah you would, rather? would you rather be left in a grocery store alone, or would you rather be in a hole or something? The best was, would you rather have three nipples? <laughs> Yes, that one was the best. <laughs> and that's what everybody went for. Nobody yeah. went for the second option. I don't know. Was the second it. option, what, one? Was it, would you rather have three or one, maybe? Or like two belly buttons. Oh, that's it. It was the two belly buttons. It was the two belly buttons. Yeah. I remember 
You guys said three nipples, and it's like, yeah, it's more fun. Did we just stop, <laughs> did we just stop at a rest area because we all were laughing so hard? And I was like, don't pee in my car. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. We did. We all were. Yeah, that was a great that time. We have to do that again sometime. Then we'll have even more stories. Yeah. Yeah, we always have fun with Joanne. Every day. I mean. She keeps us grounded because Rachel and I are very similar. I, I don't know about you don't think she uses No, I'm talking about you hair. and I being similar. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Uh, I'm just kidding. No, she does. She's a lovely person. And that's why she worked, does very well with her job, too. Yeah. Very patient, kind, and a lovely human being. Yes. And you, we can definitely tell that you care about each one of the kids that you work with and you want to see them succeed. The passion yeah. you share. And then when I hear certain stories you tell me, you could see it. Yeah. So. so we appreciate that you came on to tell us these stories and educate. You really educated me, at least, on some of this. Oh, no, you definitely did, too, for me, because I didn't even know about some of the hospitals, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I was great to hear even more. So I can't wait to hear even more again, you know, when we hang out and get our coffee, like always. So, Okay, I'm always willing to share. And absolutely, I loved being here and getting to talk with my girls. Yeah. Not that we never see each other. I know. Yeah, don't worry. I'll invite you to the moon. Okay. And our listeners, please let us know what you think of Joe. And I keep wanting to call her Joe if anybody notices. Yeah, she likes to make it awkward that maybe we could have Joanne. See, I could say it correctly. Help you with her speech on that. I she does. I, I need lots of help. Lots yeah. and lots. Ella, it's okay. It's okay. She'll take care of you like she always does with us. Exactly. So, well, thank you so much. And I hope you guys enjoyed this second episode. Woo-hoo. Yes. Thank you, everybody. And this was What, what I'd, I'd Like to Tell People. We would like to once again thank our five listeners. You really like us. You really do. Thank you. And we love you. Love, love, love you. Please follow us at What I'd Like to Tell People on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We would also like to apologize for the ending of our first episode. We said there would be music, and unfortunately, it did not play unless you were using the Anchor app with Apple Music. So we will try to get that fixed in future episodes. Also, tune in next week for our third episode, Telling People About Men Being Feminists with our great friend, Rasan. Bye, Rachel. Bye, Hannah. Until next week.